0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm and broadcast school has really paid off, Auntie. and Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
1: Welcome into this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Palm, Neil McCrady, Clark Ford at studio today, Ole Miss for uh, hopefully for at least until the season starts, so we're not having to deal with it. They have completed their coaching staff, it seems like. Uh, hiring a linebackers coach last night. Uh, Neil first missioning him sometime yesterday afternoon, something like that, 2, 3 o'clock, uh, somewhere in there. I think he's starting work, maybe even last night, getting into town. So, uh, Maurice Crum, he was at Western Kentucky. We'll talk about him a little bit. Baseball a day away. Maybe some basketball stuff. Some basketball games last night. Um, a Matt Corral story that's on our board. Got some takes on that and uh and more so those things coming up on today's show a show brought to you every single day by the oxford exxon highway 6 west in oxford lunch specials 569 two sides bread 32 ounce drinks remember we uh talked about the super bowl but ribs chicken a lot of different options there let them take care of your weekend maybe you got a party maybe you got people coming over maybe you just want to hey get some barbecue without having to cook it let the oxford exxon or all blue sky locations help you out with that again coming to you from the clark ford studio we are. Clark Ford is in uh,
2: Amory, Mississippi. 662 257 1900. 662 257 1900. Call that number. Um, ask for a, a quote on the Ford product you're interested in. Corey will send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or uh, you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product, you'll love the service uh cory wants to be a car guy he wants to be a truck guy i'll prove to you what that means when you make the call 662-257-1900 guest join us on the rafters music and food hotline we'll have a couple of guests for a show later today that we'll be telling you about um rafters great place to grab a burger po boy, appetizers great beer selection full bar and more there at rafters on the square in oxford and also rafters new albany
1: so, um, as you mentioned, stuff coming up on um, the podcast, including the uh, the debut episode of the Peyton Shotenier Show that uh, coming up on MPW Digital, being the YouTube feed. You can search Trouble Grove, get that. Or if you just hit the bell, we would always appreciate the bell. The bell typically works, and that will take you right to it, and they'll give you a notification when it pops up. So, just a little uh, little heads up there. The bell uh, does usually work. It's like ninety five percent. I yeah. mean, there's a day occasionally, but yeah. for the most part, the bell's good. So subscribe, like, hit the bell, all those different things. I mean, we we never ever tell you guys to uh, like rate and review the podcast or whatever. At this point, at this point, you either do or you don't. I yeah. don't really care. I, it doesn't do much for us. A lot of people really like kind of get off on that and like it, but it doesn't. I, I don't care what you do with that. I did not
2: uh, to answer someone in the thread. Ryan Marshall wants to know if I tweeted it. I did not tweet it. You uh, did not tweet I, it. I did not tweet it. I. Had heard earlier in the day that a coach had been hired. Okay. I didn't know a name. And I was in the gym with Carson, my son, Yep, at about 350. Mm-hmm. And I heard a name. And um, I ran that name by a couple people, and their answers were fishy. And so I just posted on the board that I tried to water it down. And I, I think that's just the old school journalist in me um i probably could have just gone with it sure because these days you can just go with it and be wrong and it doesn't really matter and no one cares no because well f- fans who like you don't care yeah. um so if you're if you're just doing like rec- anything coaching recruiting anything you can just throw it out there and then if it doesn't come to fruition you can go well it changed and most of the people go well i like you you're one of us that's cool I, I just I – don't, I don't know how to go there. I don't know how to get there. So I just said this is a name that I've heard. And then – He's hired like an then, hour later. And then it happened. Yeah. Because it's not official until Matt Zenit says it's official. And so um, I just came back and was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's done. And he got here last night and people are still playing the I can't comment officially game. I mean, it's fine. It's it's done. He's on the staff. Okay. So but I didn't tweet it. And I don't know that I'm – I don't tweet much anymore. Like, I barely – I tweet, like, once every two days now. Okay. I pretty much don't tweet. But I don't – it doesn't matter. Like, getting the whole credit thing, it just doesn't – it probably should matter to me more than it does, but it doesn't. not paying you. It's not. And, and
1: no, yeah, no. So, uh, Chrome – been at two stops as far as an on the field assistant. Um, he had a really good career at Notre Dame as a player, and then his on the field, he was at Kansas for a little while. Was that under Weiss? Was that the connection there? I don't know. It was kind of at that same time frame. So I, my hunch is that it was under Weiss. My guess is yes. Um, so he was the linebackers' coach at uh, Indiana State, or maybe the cornerbacks' coach in Indiana State in 2016. And then he's been at Western Kentucky since 2017. Um he was the co DC in twenty twenty, the DC by, by himself in twenty twenty one for the Hilltoppers. So that is what Ole Miss is getting. They hired him. They had uh Jeremy Springer in as special teams coordinator in the last few days. So as of now, that is uh the staff is 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 done and probably will be now until who knows? But be until the fall, yes. Also yesterday, um Ole Miss adding uh Seth Dagey. Former Texas Tech quarterback, USC analyst, um, as an analyst here. Um, Neil believes it could help with the special team situation. Should they go that route? Yes. You believe that to be accurate? I, I do believe there's. You very strongly believe that to be accurate? Yeah. I just
2: believe there's some accuracy there. Okay. I need to tweet it, I suppose.
1: You should. Hey, Seth Dagey's really going to help with so-and-so. No. No. I did, I I did do the work because I had no idea how to pronounce that that dude's name this morning, and I went to I went and found YouTube videos to make sure I pronounced it right because I really thought it was Dodge when I woke up this morning. I thought it was Seth Dodge when I woke up, and I went, hey, you for know what? For some reason, let's just check this just in case. For some reason,
2: so that name had stuck in the back of my really? mind somewhere, and I I I knew it was Daggy. Okay. Somehow.
1: Well, you and Texas Tech quarterbacks, DJ yeah. Simmons, Graham Harrell. I we're, mean, we're all close. I. Had you told the fan base, hey, Kiffin's going to hire a former Texas Tech quarterback like four months ago. They thought Graham Harrell is the OC. Oh, they would have thought that for sure. That thing is done. Where did is, Harrell end up? Uh, West Virginia? Yeah, that was the that on the top of my head, but I was a little scared of being wrong right there. He kind of had a weird year, Harrell did. He went from being like the hottest. Oh, he was the dude there for the hottest,
2: hottest name for a to eh, that air raid thingy. People questioning, can you win? Big time football run in the air raid.
1: That air raid, mm-hmm. you know, and that air raid. Yeah, Jeffrey Parrott asking if I have an issue with Carmichael as the OC with the Saints, and nah, I thought that was going to happen. I, I fully expected that to, that that to be the case. Kyle Wilson, know. thank you for the
2: super chat. He says, "What do you think about the city of Tuscaloosa versus UA, meaning the University of Alabama? Obviously, on alcohol sales, it's a nasty debate here. I have not really kept up with it. Yeah, what's the deal? But um. Well, so Alabama is announcing that they're going to sell beer and, you know, well
1: oh, they didn't last year, did they?
2: No. I forgot that. So like beer and seltzers and yeah, such yeah, yeah. at games and yeah. the you know, the city of Tuscaloosa wants to put this massive tax on it because they're saying it's going to create problems that they will have to police. And Alabama's pushing back going, "Hold up." You do realize that the only reason anybody knows the word Tuscaloosa is because of us, right? You you realize we've created so much
1: revenue. Hold on a second, though. It, it, this, is kind of, this goes back to Pete getting arrested a few weeks ago. Just in general, everybody's assumptions are maybe as inaccurate on this one thing as much as they could potentially be in a situation like this because I would do it logically, too, if I didn't understand the dynamics a little bit. Given the success of the Alabama football program and everything else, and it not being a huge place, and most SEC towns kind of do this to some extent, that's that university and that town and that police department, they fight like hell. Maybe more than you would typically see in that type of coexisting situation. It's weird. Like, what what causes it?
2: I, I don't know why there's so much acrimony.
1: They're always pissed off about something.
2: Well... Tuscaloosa has issues in and of itself sure. because of geography. They're sitting on I-20, which is a major drug corridor which creates problems. Okay. So maybe they're just in a bad mood.
1: Okay.
3: It's and just I,
2: something else. And obviously game day at Alabama. Stressful as all hell. A hundred and some odd thousand people crammed into the town that wasn't yeah, sure. built for that. So maybe it's just all that kind of thing. I, I don't I don't know. I right. it Here's
1: the truth though about these things. Well, not it, really. If anything... They cut down on some of the other crap. Beer sales
2: reduce the amount of yes. drinking outside of the... It it, uh, it makes the stadium
1: less drunk. Yes. That's at, the, yeah, the, as Ginger said, they assume that them not selling alcohol means no one has previously been drinking at football games. It, it is the most asinine take imaginable.
2: Well, it, it's the whole thing of... Now you get people that are like, okay, instead of sneaking this flask of whiskey into the stadium, I'll just buy a beer. Yes. Well, the beer you can only have so with these lines. You can only have so many beers over the course of the game. And the beer is less intoxicating than the whiskey just poured straight down your gullet.
1: Yeah. Kyle, oh, I didn't know that.
2: Kyle points out with the, another super chat. Thank you, Kyle. He says the city already gets three percent of all ticket sales. I didn't know that. I mean, think about that. Is that a thing here? Is there a percentage? These are things that I don't know the answers to. It would be a good question to ask. Okay,
1: go ahead. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, just crazy. Anyway, I I don't really have a ton more on that, but I found it interesting and stuff. Did you see the NFL Films video of Burrow introducing himself yes. to the Rams yesterday? Yes. It had a little bit of an Andrew Luck feel to it, but I found it just polite and really funny. Like it was, it was, it was any level of it, gangmanship or all just hey, I... I it's both. I, it is gamesmanship to a point. I mean, but let's not act like it's completely altruistic. It's Joe Burrow introducing himself
2: to people that he's looked up to. Yeah, yeah. And it's also him just being Joe. I love Joe Burrow. I mean, <laughs> everything about Joe Burrow. I know that he's an LSU guy. You can guy go to the NFL blah, 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 blah.
1: Films Twitter account. They obviously had people hyped up. They mic'd up for the Super Bowl. And it has a video of him introducing himself to Von Miller, attempting to introduce himself to Aaron Donald, and to Eric Weddle, the, uh, the, the, the safety, In- including telling Errol, Eric, I really enjoyed watching you play when I was growing up, which is a little bit of a good, hey, you're really old. But it bud. was Eric
2: Weddle's last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was his last chance. Well, and they like had a little dialogue. It well, was, Eric yeah. Weddle clearly likes Joe Burrow. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: no, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. Aaron had no interest in him right then. Like,
2: uh, no, no, no. That, 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 okay, yeah. He wanted to kill him, yeah. <laughs> Between that and the Van Jefferson scene at the end of the game, that, that's really, when they let you in like that, that just makes you want more of it burrow's a star burrow has all the charisma in the world i mean burrow is a superstar. so funny burrow's a superstar he's got everything you could ever want to be a superstar
1: i had seen it i promise we're gonna move on i'm just kind of all over the place right now i had seen it obviously throughout the season but they're one of the few times where they make black on white work yeah. The Bengals.
2: No, their uniforms are
1: great. That's a look that typically is, is at the high school level or something, that's yeah. hard to pull off. It's a weird college look. But they made that be okay.
2: I watched every Bengals game. Their uniforms are really strong. They pull off the orange uniform better than most people. Yeah. That's
1: fair. They
2: That was... Actually, it was a sneaky good uniform game, the Rams uniform. Well, the
1: Rams – I was talking to Dylan about this, I guess, a couple days prior to the Super Bowl. The Rams had to get permission to wear that uniform because that's not technically their road suit. Their road suit is the bone, and they had to get the alternate permission to wear the different suit. But what it tells you is that no one is buying the bone. Sure. And that they are phasing this in as their away uniform because nobody is actually buying the away uniform. As they should. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, and it was a dumb move anyway. Yeah. You have those colors and that color scheme, and you went for a primary uniform of bone. Just wear the white. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say they prefer black on black.
2: I don't. I like the black on the white pant with the stripe and stuff because it's just kind of, I, I think it's a good, clean look.
1: It almost has like a baseball uniform. Like, look I, Yeah, good.
2: I love the Raiders black on silver. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely That's a great uniform. perfect, but if you put the Raiders black on black pants, it would lose some of the pop, yeah, the allure
1: of it, yeah, so get into it, because I don't know how long it'll be, and then we'll move on to a couple other things, there's nothing critical necessarily in basketball right now, um, Ole Miss plays no. Georgia on Saturday, <laughs>
2: no, there's nothing yeah. critical,
1: Auburn was down 11 nothing last night, Um. Uh-huh. For a minute. I saw that. They, yeah. Bandy gave them a game, right? They did. Well, Jabari went for like 30 something. He was, he was his best game of the year last year. Yeah. Believe, believe me, I'm aware. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Good>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had his best night. Uh, no,
2: no young person has ever been as excited about his team losing as Carson, Carson McCready. Last There's a night. certain maturity in that. Josh Giddy, Josh Giddy goes for a triple double again. The 19 year old rookie from Australia. Um, Trey Mann has another big game, the rookie from Florida. Mm -hmm. They lose, and Jabari goes off. So it's like – it
1: it, it is like the perfect storm of anything, isn't it? He was
2: quite pleased, as opposed to the other night when they beat the Knicks in New York and not pleased. Wins are not good. Wins where the rookies play great. I mean, losses when the rookies play great. That's cake. That's – boy, you're – you're right in the mainstream right there. It's, pretty, it's actually a pretty mature approach on his part for a 15-year-old. Yeah.
1: I'm going to get into Corral in a second. Before we do that, though, um, Alabama hires Derek Dooley as an analyst. So continuing the uh, the, oh, the redemption tour. The redemption tour. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd forgotten, though, because I, I didn't think we'd spend much time on it, but I just looked Dooley up to kind of get a little bit of a, a refresher a little bit. I did not recall. I, I think he ended up doing the wrong thing. And I know money-wise he hasn't, so let me re- – look, he's made a ton of money. He is going to be perfectly fine. Derek Dooley has been the head coach of Tennessee made money other places. He's, he, he he made the right call from that way. But from a career success standpoint, I don't see Derek Dooley ever being some elite, high-level head coach again. I just don't. I mean, we'll see where he, what he gets to out of this analyst job. But I, I don't expect anything crazy. I'd be surprised. But he goes to Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. He goes 17 and 20 in his three seasons there. Goes to one bowl at basically 500 because he went 5 and 7, 8 and 5. He went 5 and 7, 8 and 5, 4 and 8. He only had one winning season in Conference USA or the WAC or whatever the hell they were in at the time. Mountain West, I don't know. And. Gets the Tennessee job somehow, which looking back, other than his last name Dooley, I have no, way in hell, no idea in hell how he got that job at that point. He had done nothing. Weren't multiple people t- didn't multiple people turn that down? I, I No not They
2: know. ran out of time? Yeah, no idea.
1: But the thing that's interesting is you go to some research on him, and for the th- first two seasons at Louisiana Tech, he was also the athletic director. He was the AD and the head coach at Louisiana Tech for two years. Yeah, He did a hell of a job as an AD. From a straight career path standpoint, he took the wrong gig. I actually think he would have been a really good athletic director didn't, at a high level. Didn't his dad become an AD he did. Yes. at George, after yes. after
2: he got through coaching? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought.
1: During or after, yeah. Like You look at his, because it's Louisiana Tech, you look at his accomplishments and go, hey, three years. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Increased funding, did a complete overhaul of the athletics department. People there, speak- and in an alternate world, Derek Dooley would be like a Power Five elite athletic director right now. People there
2: speak very highly of him, the guy, not the football coach, but the guy. It's interesting.
1: I mean, what yeah. connections, that stuff. It he just-
2: can't. He can't hurt himself by working for Saban. Well, no. You know, make a little money.
1: Probably the right move. Yeah. Why not? I've been I'm- in Missouri. Was he at LSU? He's been with the Giants. Yeah, he was in the NFL for a little while. He's bounced. Yeah. Just something I thought of. I don't know. I I, I saw it went, Yeah, I I think in an alternate world, he's in the wrong. You know, a different multiverse, and he's doing something different there. So we're gonna be corral for a minute. There's a mock draft up yesterday, and I'm not gonna go through the mock draft because frankly, the names are not changing much right now. So that's a that's a waste of time here on the show. But. It really won't change between the the combines. The, the, the combines, the and the combines yeah, then then it's,
2: you start to get some real feel at that point.
1: But the one thing I will say about it is that we have completely locked into right now these three teams taking these three quarterbacks. That is what's become almost unanimous across the different mock drafts: Saints, Steelers, the and Redskins. Yeah, almost exclusively, they're taking Corral, will- Willis, and pick it in some order at that point. Okay. Even to the point that Todd McShay is hearing, there's a very good possibility the uh, the Steelers trade up ahead of the Saints to try to get their second choice, oh. even what whatever Washington does there. So there's some talk about some movement in the middle of that first round to try to jockey for position among those three teams at this point. Um, this mock draft has Corral going to the Saints. It has uh, Malik Willis going to the Steelers. And it has uh, Pickett going to the to the Commanders at this point. So yeah. it took I'm, a second. I meant Commanders earlier. It It took a second. So you did it that time. You said Redskins, didn't you? I did. I Did, did you? I did it intentionally. Oh, did you? Okay. See, I don't do it intentionally. I screw it up every time. I, I cannot. It will not go into my brain. It's like the Cleveland Indians. I, well, that's going to take like five years. Well, changing
2: to the Guardians – Precisely, what does that do for the pursuit of world peace? I mean, help, help, help.
1: the Cleveland Guardians and the Washington Commanders. I swear, it's it, it is teams that were in like that movie, The Replacements. Like, it, it is the most like fictional TV made up team names of all time. I I just I, I can't. What do you think they did with like all the chairs and stuff that said Indians, like in the clubhouse and stuff? Like, give them away, sell them, they auction them off. What do you do with that kind of stuff? I guess do you, you recover ought- them. I guess you all, well you probably don't want them out there because they're
2: so offensive so you would, right so you would destroy you, them well, you would have to do something because the the name offended people to the point that it was hurtful yeah right sure. we don't want to in, and in, we don't inflict pain emotional pain
1: so Eric at home Yahoo Sports, uh, covers the draft as uh, as I said yesterday he was the first ever Oxford Exxon podcast guest a decade ago. He did not remember that. He and I re- re- responded back and forth on Twitter for a minute last well, night. Eric's done did. a
2: few podcasts <laughs> and radio hits.
1: <laughs> he said he would like a copy of it. I told him I had no idea how to, how to, how to achieve that for him. It was long gone in the into in space right now, but I appreciated his time. I, I told him that he was in good company because his the first – he was the first guest and our second guest was a professional bull rider who had tried to ride Bushwhacker, that bull that nobody ever rode in the PVR oh. for like 5 years or something. Things that I do not remember. You don't remember that? The guy's name was The guy's last name was Robinson, like R I B R R O B I S O N, R-O-B-I-S-O-N, the cowboy. Yeah. Right. I I don't remember his first his name number, His number's probably in my damn phone, it probably call, is. But um yeah, so it was Ed Holm and then the dude who tried to ride Bushwhacker um, was, was was what we what we were doing at that point. The PBR was coming to Tupelo, and I guess Bushwhacker was coming with it.
2: Um, Ed Holm used to come on my radio show in Mobile. That's how far back I go with him. I mean, he used to come on all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. So he publishes a story on Matt Corral last night. Uh, Matt diving into some depression. Saw his issue with Tristan Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's son, at, at Oaks Christian prior to transferring to Long Beach Poly, stuff as far as what went through inside the program, earning trust of players, teammates. There was a lot of stuff in there. It was um, it was a well-done story. Matt opened up a pretty good bit to Eric in that story um, to the point that I wasn't even 100% sure. I kind of wanted to steal it and load it into our system, but I don't know if we still can do that with Yahoo stuff or not. We used to could, but I didn't know. I think we still can. I think we still can. I started to do it, and I wasn't 100% sure. Uh, Yahoo is
2: still technically our they are cutting company. your checks they are so thank god and i appreciate that yes Yahoo.
1: thank you yes so move on i am appreciative of you no 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 you're you're i was about say to say it. something i know no, you You don't want me to say it okay uh which says something if you're telling me if i'm telling you that you do not want me to speak the sentence that was coming out of my mouth uh so anyway i have no idea you'll have to tell me later no i'll tell you later okay yeah, yeah. It was an unfair thing to some people, if I'd said it. So the story comes out last night. Obviously, people enjoyed it. Uh, Oh, that's never stopped us before. Well, that's a good point. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of stuff in there. And I know where you're going, so I'll set you up and let you go there. You and I just very, very briefly discussed this prior to hitting the record button. But the synopsis of it is that it is an indictment and a frustration when he was here for this long, and that is where that story gets published yesterday.
2: Yeah, it's a great story. Eric is a terrific reporter. It speaks volumes for his talent that I presume Eric and Matt did not know each other prior to that conversation that Eric was able to get that level of information out of him, an intimate level of information out of out of Matt. So first of all, it speaks volumes to his talent. I think it's important to put that out before I say the other. Yeah, sure. He's a gifted reporter, always has been. He's covered the NFL for a long time, knows a lot of people, et cetera. He's done a great job. I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of Ed Holm. In fact, when Ed Holm comes out with NFL draft stuff, I look at it and go, okay, that's probably right. hmm Sure. Like stuff might change, but if he tells me Hey, the Bills are probably are, are really looking strongly at player X. I'm like, hey, the Bills are looking strongly at player X.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. it's sourcing that is someone in the Bills organization. Sure. But it is an indictment on our beat. It is. That we were around this kid for four years and never got anything close to that. Mm-hmm. Even though I think we all knew there'd been this transformation on Matt Corral. And at least I suspected. I'm sure others did too, because I'm not the only person that has a working brain. Hey, you know something probably happened. There was probably a moment, or, or, or a, something happened here beyond football. Yeah,
1: I woke up one day and I'm motivated.
2: Yeah, things things Matt was too different of a person to go. Oh, it's just Lane Kiffin. I mean, come on. Nothing against Lane Kiffin. Nothing against Jeff Lebby. But give me a break. It had to be more than that because he completely kind of transformed in front of our eyes. And it's an indictment on our entire beat. It is that nobody ever said, you know what, I'm going to do a deep dig into this. And I tried to get in touch with his mother routinely over the last two years, and it just didn't work. Well,
1: that's the only – it's not even a defense. That's the only thing. I mean, as far as I'm aware, there could have been something. If there is another quote in here, I apologize because it's not a shot at Eric. I don't mean it that way. I think it's a one-source story. I think it's just Matt talking. it is. Um So that requires Matt, which which gets to my second. So it gets to my second point. Yeah, this is my
2: and and look, I think the world's changing. We can dive into this in a minute. Um, Well, yeah, it's it's frankly it's a fascinating topic that people would love the inside baseball part of it. Um, You you just can't get a one on one these days without some sort of nil tie. Now that is what it is. That's not me bitching about it. It just is what it is. And Matt's nil price was exorbitant, and um, but nobody ever got that story here. And it is abs- It's an indictment on us. And it's also, frankly, frankly, this is the this is my criticism of Ole Miss here. This was a guy that you wanted to become a Heisman candidate, and you let a part of the story that would have gone national mainstream fast, not get told during his senior year. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps that's because Matt didn't want it told. Well, because in.
1: But he told it now. And is the reason because of draft? Let's get this out here. Let's go ahead and whatever for the interview. Yes. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go. The yeah. agent goes, hey, look, you need to do this. Yeah, like to, that is certainly possible, sure. Because Matt, frankly, didn't want local NILs. He set numbers right. that were so expensive that it didn't even make it willing to be asked. Well, privately told people that was why he put that number out there. Yeah, it, everybody like, kind of made fun of the number, but the number was very real, as in, no, they'll just I, I'm not doing it. I don't want to sit and down. And if somebody's willing to do that, well, then sure. Okay, right. Yeah. That was why Matt Corral had whatever that number was okay. on that appearance fee thing. What was it? It was like it was hundred thousand dollars. I don't know, but it was it
2: was very high. Where you went, I laughed at it when he did it. I mean, I, I appreciated it at the time because it was so transparently. It was like wearing a T-shirt. I mean, if
1: y'all are dumb enough, yeah,
2: then I, okay. I mean, if you'll really do that, then sure. But
1: <laughs> your guess would be agent driven. That'd be my guess. Or. Draft emphasized, I guess we should say. My guess is that he knew it was – here's my guess,
2: is that these clubs, especially at that position with the first-round pick.
1: Well, that's a good point. I mean, he didn't give it to Ole Miss either. I mean, Ole right. Miss would have run it had they had the sure. gotten
2: it. Well, if they could have gotten it. No, stop, Neil. Stop. Let it go. Um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> My guess is that he knew these clubs. Like if you're the Saints, if you're the Steelers, if you're the Commanders. Yeah. I, sure. I literally want I start to say Commodores.
1: Okay.
2: Commanders. If you're the Commanders, which by the way there's a lot of there's a lot of bizarreness to the name Commanders replacing Redskins. Oh. If you think about it. There is. I mean. Anyway, if you're one of those clubs and you're going to use a first round pick on a quarterback, right? And you're gonna presumably make that person, if all goes well, the face of your franchise. And if all doesn't go well, you're gonna get fired because of this guy. You're gonna know everything. They go way beyond hand size and ability to throw. And you're gonna know everything about this guy. What what makes you tick? What are your things? What are your vices? What are your what are your what's your weirdness? I mean, you're diving in. You're hiring You're hiring people to dig into everything. Not to expose it, but just so you know it. Like if he's got some weird, I'm not talking about Matt here, just anybody. He's got some weird fetish thingy, Mm -hmm. and you think that might ever get out, you want to be in front of it. You need to know, not because you're judging or whatnot, but just because you need to know, hey, if this ever comes out, we're ready for it. This is the face of our franchise. Like if you're the Bengals, you want to know everything about Joe Burrow. Do you bite your fingernails?
1: Seriously. Is that going to get into a quick and then you throw the ball? Well, not even that, but are you going to, you
2: know, are you doing it on TV where people start doing something? What are are your things? What are your bad habits? You want to know everything. So if one of the things was, hey, I dealt with some pretty severe depression in college, got some help, whatever. Okay, cool. We need to know that, though. You know, so, and if that's going to get out, like if a club's going to put something out in an attempt to hurt his stock so that they can get him later, and this is the NFL. Yeah. there are no <laughs> rules with the draft. Just need the dude. So if 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 that's the case, you um you want to be ahead of it, and so maybe he and his agent said, "Hey, let's let's get out in front of this story in the event that because if it's coming up in interviews, it's going to get out." There's too many Eric Edholmes who cover the NFL who are going to get stuff like that if. They're because they're, they're good and they're sourced and they talk to a lot of people and they have a lot of resources. to. I mean, look, if if Eric needs to go fly to Phoenix to talk to the Cardinals, Yahoo says, yeah, just put it on the card. Yeah, sure. So it, it can get done. So that's probably what it was. But it speaks volumes for Matt. I've always thought that about Matt. I mean, you you go back and forget the fight in the end zone. Just the way he behaved. To the guy that we covered the last two seasons, especially last season, totally different person. I mean, you know, I mean, it was what you expect out of your kids, right? You you expect when you send your kids it's off to college. almost like kids grow up. You expect when you send your kids off to college that they're going to grow up. I mean, I'm watching it. I mean, you know, my oldest child is a completely different girl than she was the day that we moved her into Reed Hall and – was that august of 19 mm-hmm. i mean she's a totally different person now i mean just changed because you've been on your own and you've been forced to deal with some things and grow up and 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 all of that stuff and so i'm sure that matt's the same way but i but i think it was kind of a profound deal for him to realize that he didn't really like it that much and you know if you've ever played football at any level i don't care if it's middle school there's one thing is true about Jeffrey used to say this, and it's exactly right. No one has ever gone to football practice and said this is the greatest thing ever. Friday night? Yeah, absolutely. Saturday afternoon? I can only imagine. Yeah, sure. But like Tuesday? Yeah, no. Nobody ever goes, man, Tuesday football practice, man. Football practice. <laughs> yes, sir. You can have fun at baseball practice. You can have fun at basketball practice because you'll scrimmage. Football practice,
1: drills, inside drills. Well, it shows you how screwed up is. I was watching a Twitter conversation with Andy Staples the day and they were talking about Oklahoma and Andy was like, No, Oklahoma's the reward and I'm like, Hold on. The reward in practice is to run full speed into one another. No. That's the reward. No. Like so it tells you like the it's a different level of Yeah. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Because the the sucky part is the sprints and the crawl and the, the just the heat and the day. Yeah and the the damn constant of it. Yeah. I mean, Carson – Guys talk- on day one of fall camp are pumped up. Guys on, like, the first day of week three are going, oh, God.
2: Yeah. There's a week Make left. Make it stop. Yeah. Are we ever going to get there? It's not like baseball. You know, you take a little BP. You hang out in the outfield with your buddies. It might get cold. Yeah, whatever. But you're out there and you're just, you know.
1: I, mean, like- I was at baseball practice yesterday. They were not overstimulating anything. Like, it yeah. was just hanging you're out. out. There
2: just chatting. Playing a little grab-ass with your buddies. Whatever. Then you go hit. You work on your hitting for a
1: few minutes. It's cool. Yeah, like Jacob Gonzalez had shorts on pretty much the whole time I was there. He didn't even have pants on. Yeah, he just he got his swings in. Didn't really matter. Took some ground balls. Yeah. Mike wasn't yelling at him to put pants on. Well,
2: you know, they've already worked on their coverages and stuff. It's The hay is in the proverbial barn. They probably, probably have a hitting meeting yesterday or today where they'll talk about the pitchers that they'll see. Yeah,
1: Mike said today's video day. Yeah, they'll, go over some they'll stuff. look
2: at some stuff. Just different. I'm not criticizing this is not a criticism. It's just different sports. Like I think soccer practice gets tedious, all the drills and the stuff. I think it's you know
1: That's a valid criticism because I kept trying to stop that. I, I always say fall camp, and there's nothing fall about August camp.
2: It's very simple. Pre season camp. Pre season camp.
1: We always say fall camp. There is and nothing
2: makes- when you walk outside in Mississippi in August, <laughs> you know, there is never a fall. never a moment that you go, hey. This kind of feels like fall. Occasionally, like maybe twice the whole month at like nine o'clock at night, you get the fake. The breeze will be just have a hint of fall. I mean, and I do mean a whisper of a hint. Yeah. And you're like, well
1: Penetrating the stifling we're, feeling. We're
2: on the other side of summer. Yeah. But there's plenty of October days in Mississippi Better. that are ninety degrees. So stop with fall camp. If there's going to be fall camp, then it needs to start in October. Otherwise, I'm writing the word preseason camp. No matter if they call it fall camp, if they label it fall camp, it's not fall we camp We have our seasons in all in August. the wrong
1: places anyway. I mean, baseball's cold for most of it, or at least half of it. Soccer is played in the dead of winter for a reason I'll never understand. Peyton did confirm
2: to me something I had long suspected about Ole Miss, that? that you're not allowed to use the word cold.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no. It's a four-letter word. Yeah. Snow, cold. There are four-letter words that...
2: That are not allowed to be said. Yeah.
1: There's recruiting to that. That No, that, yeah. that word does not exist. You're in the South. Everything is warm. That is the answer all the time. Um it's like they had a kid... I think it was Christian Helsel, like a decade ago. He's from mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. He's here for a little while. I might have been on been on that cultural series team. And he was taking an official visit in from Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. they needed really good weather. And it's when we got the 12 inches of snow <laughs> that week in 11. And it was like, okay. He's like, well, shit, I can do this. Yeah, four. like, whoa, whatever. It's all, it's all, <laughs> it. it's all good.
2: So. so what's this about the Big Ten? They working on a deal with NBC? Is that right?
1: Yeah, which should just be music to the SEC's ears. What's the story? I've missed it this morning. Uh, I was working on a couple things. I believe their total new revenue could be over one billion dollars. Oh. Good for them. Yeah. Chase, this
2: is inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm broken record at this point, so I will be brief. People keep saying, Is it gonna happen? Yes. When's I don't know when, but it's not if, it's when. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to swallow every relevant program. It's why if you're the ACC today, this arrogance of we'll wait till 2026 is really stupid. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's just stupid. You should get in now while you can where it's harder for them to extricate you. Because the Big Ten and the SEC are going to make all of the money all of the money. I mean there's going to be like crumbs left over for other other people. But if you if you picture a pizza or a pie or whatever, the SEC and the big ten are getting all the slices. I mean there might be some of like the 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 crust left over sure. or you know one of the teams might not like crust and they leave the crust on the platter. That's all that's going to be left. And that's why the and especially when the leagues and I'm assuming the Big Ten, this is included in their contract. Maybe you're about to tell me, yeah. But I'm I'm assuming that the Big Ten's deal with NBC is we will agree if we
1: agree on who it is, we will agree to just bake a bigger pie. And and, and I'm looking for that. I mean that was in the SEC's deal, so there's no reason why that would not be in the Big I would Ten's assume. deal. Uh, it's an NBC Sports expected to make a major push. <laughs> The Big Ten command fees of up to $1.1 billion annually on the open market, said sources. They'd be the combination of the Big Ten along with its existing deal with Notre Dame football as the perfect one-two punch, said one source. With its $100 million per year deal with the NHL off the books, NBC has the cash and ambition to boost its college portfolio. Oh, I forgot about that. If I'm ESPN or Fox, I'm looking over my shoulder because NBC is going to go hard after the Big Ten. We don't comment on specific strap. blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um... The Big Ten is currently in an exclusive negotiating period with ESPN, CBS, which will lose the SEC football rights after the 2023-24 season. Will also be particularly interested in the Big Ten. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. In 2017, the Big Ten inked a six-year, 2.64 billion dollar package that pays out about 440 per year. But in 2020, a new bar was set with the SEC's gargantuan 10-year, three billion dollar deal with Disney that will commence in 2024.
2: My guess is that they <laughs> they agreed to build bigger pie. Yeah. Make a, just bake a bigger pie. Yeah. Move.
1: We all have to agree on who it is, yeah. but let's we'll we'll figure it out. The phone calls that
2: are happening today behind the scenes are would be front page news. I know I can't prove it obviously, but I'm just telling you they're happening. Yeah, sure. Washington's on the phone. Oregon's on the phone. <clears throat> Clemson's desperate. That's not even a secret. Florida state's desperate their cha- yeah. their president admitted it. I mean you're trying to figure out how do you how do you land in one of these things because you are going to become ob- obscure in five years or less
1: so we watched Corral a minute ago and and um, obviously yeah you know, two thousand nineteen with the plumbing situation and whatnot and i and I mean this completely seriously, not in just, even in the slightest. I'm really happy for John Rice get to a place where he can – I think he's going to find kind of a new tenure. He's going to be able to just kind of be himself a little more. He's not going to be bogged down by some of the requirements and expectations that were going on here. Um, and I'm seeing this as in the fans embracing him quickly because I, I just stumbled on this when I was looking for something. Well, actually it was recommended in our, in our YouTube feed, and I clicked on it. So I'm assuming this is the UCF rival site actually. Is it Uf, UCFSports.com? Is that correct? I think that is correct with Brandon Hedwig. That's correct. So, they put a ton of YouTube video interviews up. And I was looking at their press conference of their transfer portal interview day. Gus Malzahn, 2.7 views. And then players, they stem between Kobe Hudson, who's a big deal for them, 1.4 all the way down to Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator, at 1.1, 948, 561, 646. John Rice Plumley, 3.4 thousand. So, John Rice with an extra 20% more than Gus Malzahn on on, on signing day. Yeah. From a, from a video know, standpoint.
2: Former, former SEC quarterback. Yeah. Super nice kid. Yeah. Very, very good with media and stuff. Sure. Yeah.
1: Just saw it and went, he's going to be all right. He's going to do well. I think it's a. I hope he gets a waiver for the baseball season. I haven't heard an answer on that because, frankly, it makes no freaking sense why he doesn't. Stupid. Because the number of, it's, I hope he's on the field it in two. It's it. not even precedent. Just the number of people that
2: there aren't that many people who play both sports. So you're you're, you're not creating a path for chaos. No, I think he'll do well, and I hope he does well. Yeah, because he his deal turned into a he became the butt of the joke sometimes, and it was like, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's Ole Miss that's forcing this, not John Rice Plumley. It was Lane that forced it. The Saturday picture. Yeah, man, yeah that wasn't sure. John Rice coming up to the football coach going, Hey, can I do it when we do the picture? It was Lane doing that with John Rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, to being honest. It's fine, it was funny, whatever, but I always sensed and I think I was proving it right that not everybody around that was thrilled with it. I don't feel like I'm airing dirty laundry. Nobody did anybody wrong or anything like that, but it was. Just kind of, yeah. You know, I've lost my job as the quarterback. I'm not really playing as a receiver because that's not what I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm still one of the faces of the program when it doesn't really make sense for me to be the face of the program. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know he's, he's, he is definitely practicing with the baseball team. I just don't know what his game eligibility situation is. I know they were trying to get him immediately eligible. and well, I, I certainly hope he gets to I don't know. It. I've kind of been off that beat. I haven't looked into it. He gets I, to be young one time. You don't want to lose a baseball season No, let him play.
2: What, what harm is done? I mean, who is harmed if you let John Rice Plumlee play baseball for Central Florida? Where's the harm? Can you show me any harm to anyone? I mean, I guess whoever
1: loses some it. Bat bats just, yeah.
2: but that person doesn't lose a scholarship. I mean, who, who loses? Nothing is harmed. He's not taking a scholarship because he's on football scholarship. So he's not taking from the 11.7. No, there's, There is no harm. This, this is what drives me crazy about the NCAA. They, they claim to be all in for the student-athlete, and then in a situation like this, they show that they're not. Well, there's a bylaw. Just, yeah, stamp it. Yeah. If he's out running around in left field or center field for UCF, no one is harmed anywhere. And he, the student athlete, is aided because he gets to do something he loves to do. And that's what we're told
1: that's what this is all about. Yeah, UCF's baseball team is fine. They actually took two out of three from Ole Miss last year in Oxford. It was a sign of thinking. I'm kidding. (laughs) <laughs> it meant nothing, actually. But. It was meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they will play again in Orlando in two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or two weeks. So it's Charleston Southern this weekend. VCU next weekend. Arkansas State on Tuesday. Correct, yes. Then VCU next weekend. Then UCF on the road. Then UCF and on then the Oral road. And then Oral Roberts back here. And then after that, league play. After that league play. Ole Miss opens with Auburn, Auburn on
1: the road. At Auburn. Gotcha. It, the first half of the schedule – is, I mean, I was talking to Nick Suss and we were walking out of the stadium yesterday, and and he called it a two-decade type favorable schedule. And it, it it is. I mean, Ole Miss, you can get lucky with your East teams. And look, it's on paper. Maybe it's my surprises or whatever. But between the non-con being pretty soft yeah. comparatively and not just the teams you play, but kind of the order you do them, because they get Alabama, Auburn, and Kentucky in like the first four weekends of league play. I mean, you you really there's, have a chance to build a resume early. There's, there's pressure to build that resume. Well, there is. No, you drop yeah. a couple of them and you go, "Hey, look, that's a yeah. problem because I got state and I got Arkansas and I got some of this stuff coming." But the schedule, you have the
2: second half of the season, where you could play really well and still lose games.
1: Yeah, it's it's an incredibly manageable schedule, and what the NCAA selection committee has shown you is that league wins kind of will shrump everything. If you put the really big SEC win number, they'll they'll reward you for that 90% of the time. And they don't necessarily, um, you know, um, resume 99. So all of our non-con weekend series are NCAA teams. Um, well, VCU had like a 30 RPI last year. I don't know what would be back. I, I know nothing about Oral Roberts. Sorry, I got nothing. You all right? Yeah, yeah I nothing. My, my knowledge stops somewhere. Uh, is that two- Tulsa? Yes, I think that is correct. I knew it was Oklahoma. Um, I don't know where, though. So, Mark McMillan, the head coach at Charleston Southern, was the Ole Miss assistant for seven years here, played at Ole Miss. I think he might have been on that 95 team. He has gone into Mississippi hard, two of their weekend starters, at least some ties, including their Saturday starter. I think he's going to throw on Saturday. Caleb Hill, a left-hander that signed with Ole Miss out of high school, was here as a freshman. I really liked him. I thought he was incredibly good his first fall. I thought there was a big ceiling there with him. Um so that'll be a little interesting. So that's Let's got better. that's got internet meltdown right yeah, now. Yeah, I, like, I when I saw the rotation I went, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, I know oh God. Um, so I know he's one way this weekend and then one day this weekend is a uh, a kid from Lewisburg High School that was at state and then transferred to Charleston Southern. Lewisburg up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I don't again I I don't it's know his name. Big ass so. school. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, apparently, just
2: like <laughs> in farmland, it's like, "Hey, let's build a school," and then the neighborhoods built up around. It's crazy. Anyway,
1: I was told yesterday there's been a big push to get to seven A in Mississippi.
2: That is true. Yeah, is it okay? Yeah, because there was talk about Oxford going seven
1: A. Yeah, some of the smaller six A schools annoyed because they're competing against schools that have a thousand more students than they do. Yes. Yeah.
2: It's an issue. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, duh. I mean, I mean, was,
2: you see it on the fields. Yeah, the
1: example I was told yesterday was Grenada was gripe. It Was like, hey, look, this is ridiculous.
2: Yeah, because Grenada has a hard time competing with Oxford. Mm-hmm. And then when Oxford goes and plays Madison Central or Tupelo,
1: I guess they've done pretty well. Yeah, Tupelo most probably, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, but Tupelo is the largest school in the state, right? It's big. I don't know. I don't know if it's the largest or not, but it's big. Um, I wrote this yesterday. I'll have some content coming like in the next couple hours, and then stuff leading up to opening day tomorrow. But pitch counts, uh, McDaniel, Diamond, both in a perfect world. No, look, you're not gonna leave them out there and whatever. But 90 max ish. Mike said it's not a completely firm pitch count, but that somewhere around 90. He's like, look, if it goes 92, I'm not gonna lose my sleep over it. Um, said Gaddis will be somewhere around 75. He missed a week back during the spring, or sorry, he missed a, week, a couple weeks ago with a uh, some kind of lingering thing. He's fine, so he'll be 75 pitches ish, something uh, something like that. Jacob Gonzalez did get his blonde dye job yesterday. He got that done at the parlor on Jackson Avenue. Oh. I really want the inside the thought there. You have video? I do not have video. Okay. I was just told that is where it, it got done. I'll take his word for it. <sighs> Wasted opportunity. Wasted opportunity. Could have put it on YouTube. He you could have done Everything it at the blow dry you. bar. Uh, they closed, actually, right? Right. Oh there, the building is for sale. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. We saw that on the message I saw board. that. Yeah, I haven't checked to see kind of what's going on, but we the, the, could have bought it and then done it there. The, Turned it in the studio. I have a feeling that real estate would be a little more expensive than we need for, for a studio. So. Just got a hunch. Yeah, I thought Tupelo was the largest. Um, I thought that was that was right. So that's look, like big school. Yeah, Tupelo is like a college campus. Yeah. Oxford's becoming that. It, yeah. They uh, But anyway, they're healthy. Charleston Southern tomorrow. I mean, it's it's a series, obviously. Um, they have barely anyone back offensively. It's a lot of new dudes. Uh, I, I love this question every time, and it's not making fun of other media members because they're new. They don't realize this. But Mike doesn't look at anything until, like, the day or day before a game on an opponent. Like, he's not going to have any idea. And the guy's like, hey, Coach, what do you really like? You know, break down Charleston Southern. And he goes, I haven't looked at it. No idea. He's like, I know a couple of their pitchers because whatever, but he's like, I got nothing. These well, early us. series aren't about well, that's what he us. said. He goes, frankly, he goes, it's about us. He goes, yes. it's not about them. He goes, it should always be about us, but it's definitely about us right now. He goes, it's not about Well, that. I mean,
2: he's going to know the Mississippi State starter because he's seen him before. He's going to know the kids at LSU and Arkansas and stuff like that, but come on. <laughs> Look, the truth is, you want to win these series and you need to win these series, but SEC teams, their fate is determined by what they do in those thirty games. The other stuff, ha- the other stuff factors. But if you in.
1: play well, you're going to win.
2: Yes, I mean the, the other stuff factors in, but what you do in those thirty games is the meat of your resume.
1: There is a hellaciously large talent gap between Ole Miss and Charleston Southern tomorrow. Yes. So if Ole Miss just plays well, you win the game. You win, and you the move game on. And yeah, and he's more worried about where Derek locates and his velocity and him than oh god, what's that guy going to do with the outside pit? Just like Mark's not obsessed with winning these games; he wants know. to see his kids compete. Gives them an opportunity, just gives them a day an opportunity. Because I, because I asked Mike that, I said, "Hey, you play a lot of former assistants," and he was kind of like, "He's like, I know it's your storyline. I'm not really being a jerk." He goes. I know the guy, and we said we'd play. Like, there's sure. no extra element well, to it,
2: right? If you're Mark, if you're trying to recruit Mississippi, you we'll,
1: we'll get you some home games. Yeah, we'll show you that you we, try to play Memphis and State yeah, and we're Ole Miss. Where mom and, and dad and grandma and everybody can come to the game. It it works out for everybody. Sure, Ole Miss has got to play somebody, so play them. Oxford's the 15th biggest school, so they're right in the well. And, and, and in that rule, they would be they would go to seven A. Really? Because I Oof. I think they were trying to put 24 in 7A and 24 in 6A and oh. make it more regional. I think that was the way they were trying to do it. Kind of last thing here. Uh so I'll be traveling to Memphis a lot. What I yeah. what you saying Jay Billis. I guess it was Jay Billis. Maybe not. Yeah, it's Jay Billis. He says there are eight teams who can win the NCAA National Championship in basketball this year. Okay. I thought that was interesting. Auburn,
2: Kentucky. Yeah, hold on. Tennessee. Let me make sure this is. Gonzaga. Hold on, Duke.
1: I just I don't want to. He's got everybody ranked, but I want to make sure I have. The I'm just guessing. Ranking. Yeah, I know. Maybe Purdue. Providence. He's talking about foul calls. I don't really know what that's about. Oh. His top eight are Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky, Arizona. Oh yeah, Arizona's good. Purdue. Yeah. Baylor, nah. Duke, and UCLA. Okay. He has Kansas at nine.
2: I like both Kansas and Providence better than I like
1: UCLA. He has Providence thirteen. Yeah. He has Illinois twelve, Houston eleven, Villanova ten.
2: Yeah, I don't like Houston.
1: Villanova's he has Tennessee good. Villanova's fourteen. Good. Yeah, Tennessee's coming though. Tech fifteen, Ohio State
2: sixteen. Where's he got Arkansas and Alabama? Curious. Yeah, I'm scrolling.
1: Murray State, 23. Huh. Wyoming, 24. LSU, 25.
2: Yeah, they're talented.
1: The Tigers have lost 6-10, but remain the best defensive team in the SEC. They're number one nationally adjusted defensive efficiency, but labors to score. 5-4 versus quad one teams, 5-2 against quad two. They can defend with the very best, but defense alone never wins championships. In the end, the offense will determine the ending for this team, score efficiently, and they can beat anyone. Alabama, 28.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Arkansas at 30. Mm-hmm. Mm, UAB at
2: 33. Andy's got a good team. You allowed to say that out loud?
1: The Blazers look like they will be in the NCAA at-large discussion, and rightly so. But Andy Kennedy's team must play better away from Birmingham. Recent losses at Marshall and Old Dominion are not helping the case. Right. What is helping the case is the play of Jordan Walker, the former Seton Hall and Tulane guard who erupted for 42 against Middle Tennessee. It would be fun to watch in the NCAA tournament, but UAB needs to get there first.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think they need to win their conference tournament. I think that would help a lot. Obviously. Get them in. Get That's them in. True. And then and then they they have the kind of team that could win a game.
1: Memphis at 45. They're coming along. I was very critical of Penny Hardaway, and
2: it looks like I'm possibly getting served from Crow.
1: Florida at 52. That's not in.
2: No, it's not in. And Who do they have this weekend? I've got it here. Um, they got Auburn at home. Ooh. Game they have to win. Boy. You get to that place. Hey, guys. <laughs> we're in as long as we beat Auburn. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. That's Hey, we're, we're going to make this play as long as we block Aaron Donald. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's true. Cool.
2: Looks good on the chalkboard.
1: Now you got to block him. The Gators got handled by Kentucky on Saturday and fell to a desperate a and group Tuesday night. They're going to have multiple good opportunities to build confidence heading into the postseason. Auburn Saturday, Arkansas February 22nd, and Kentucky will all be visiting Gainesville in the coming weeks. Oh. A chance for Colin Castleton to prove he's healthy and capable of leading UF on a late-season run. But you've got to win those Dude, games. those are three games I don't think they can win. I think all three of those teams are going to out-tough them. Oh, and they're going to be so down on guard play compared to those three teams.
2: Yeah, I mean, Arkansas's got good guard play. Auburn's got really good guard play when they when they play right, and, and apparently they did last night because Jabari got shots. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Because if I'm Bruce Pearl, I'm I'm on nights when I look at my box sheet and Jabari Smith has nine points on five shots or something. I, I just <laughs> <laughs> there's fires. I mean, I, he's he's not built that way, so it's like we're building for something. But holy god. The, the the paint would come off the locker room walls. You <laughs> don't have that type of talent in your program routinely.
1: Just quickly, Alabama knocked off State last night 80-75. to 75. Bulldogs really blow an opportunity in Tuscaloosa last night. Yeah, um, Nate Oates got thrown out. Did he?
2: Yeah, two techs.
1: LSU beat the hell out of Georgia 84-65 um, in Baton Rouge last LSU's night. LSU's figured it out. Georgia's now 1-12 in the SEC mm, heading yeah. into Saturday. And then 94-80 was the final, Auburn-Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was uh, only down four at the break, and then Auburn outscores them by 10 in the second half last well, Jerry's night. Jerry's
2: done a nice job. They're not
1: bad. Vanderbilt's
2: not a good team, but they're not a bad team. They're okay. He's done a nice job. He really has. been went for 29 last night. And he's a very good player. Turns uh-huh. out genetics matter.
1: Jabari Smith, 10 of 16, 7 of 10 from three, and went for 31 last night. 7 of 10 from three. Yes. Oh, I, I love his game. Yeah, 10 of 16. As they, people do this thing. it's Smith and Kessler went for
2: 31 and 22 last night. People do this thing about the draft, and they talk about Chet Holmgren, who's a very good player at Gonzaga. So thin, that it would scared the hell out of me. Um, and they talk about Paolo Banqueiro at Duke, who I like as a as a good four, but I, I've never watched Paolo Banqueiro and thought uh, franchise face. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not Giannis or something. I love the kid Ivy at, at Purdue. He can light you up, but he's a he's a six four guard. Mm-hmm. So he's a guard. Jabari Smith. Uh, if you told me one becomes a generational superstar, it's him.
1: Has to be him. Virginia at fifty six, been a weird year for Tony Bennett. State at fifty seven. And that is it from an S E C standpoint. He 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 just ranked sixty eight the sixty eight best teams in the country. Yeah, A and M's. Off that list. Yeah. So, there's that. They
2: will look, A&M will look back on that three-game stretch against Kentucky, Arkansas, and I can't remember who else, where they let really close games get away and go that's where we lost our season.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we will uh, have a show to you here in a little while. Um, I don't know exactly what time it will be, but it will not be late. Yeah, we're um, not doing a live show tonight. He's got something going on. I've got
2: something going on, uh, but we are going to give you a show. We'll put it in YouTube. We'll put it in, um, we'll put it in podcast form. You're
1: talking – you- to Carl, Yeah, I'm talking to Carl Lafferty
2: in like 25 minutes. So he's going to talk to Carl Lafferty. I'm going to talk to Chris Lee of Southeastern 14. We're going to dive into the – we've done a lot of Ole Miss baseball – I know there is a lot of college baseball fans in our thread, so we'll we'll do we'll talk about some of the other teams, teams that Ole Miss will encounter over the course of the season. Uh, we'll also do a pretty deep dive into SEC basketball with maybe some coaching rumors, some stuff heading into the tournament. So it'll be a pretty topical uh, show for you guys. A lot of Ole Miss baseball, a lot of SEC baseball, and some SEC basketball as well.
1: Okay. So that coming up here uh, here in a little bit, we'll let you know when that's up on the board and in YouTube, and we'll talk to you again soon.